Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit at O'Neill Sportswear AU on Facebook and Instagram. Well, I'm delighted to be joined here this evening by the one and only Shawnee Leary. Shawnee, welcome along. Thanks, Liam. Good to be here on a wet Thursday evening in Melbourne. Miserable, miserable evening here in Melbourne. Great to have you though, Shawnee. Welcome along, Giggles. Thanks, Liam. Good to be here, buddy. Giggles still has that one second delay, Shani. Did you notice that there? He does, yeah. He's always said that. Yeah, or is he just posting, what That's do what I say? He's analysing everything before he says it. <laughs> Giggles is now moving before the ball is hit, like, so it's very unlike him. Yeah, he needs to start out his internet there. He's on the dial-up down there in Elwood. Um, look, great show coming up for you today. We have a look at the current situation with COVID. Everyone's probably sick to death of talking about, but we're getting to the crunch time here now where National Football League, some of our fixtures are meant to go ahead this weekend and then with the championship in the hurling kicking off the following weekend, it's getting kind of squeaky bum time. Um, we're also going to look at Giggles Corner. Giggles has been doing fantastic work on Instagram with a number of different, I suppose, mini World Cups between clubs and managers. He's going to bring us up to speed on who the people have chosen. And a lot of people have, have voted on this one. Interesting that some people weren't in it, but we'll talk about that later on. Um, and also we have Brendan Long joining us from Brisbane up in Queensland talking to us about where they're up to with their GAC season and I suppose how they've gone on through COVID and, and up in Queensland they've kind of more or less have a pretty much normal life over the last... Um, couple of months they've been very very lucky but yeah first up we're going to have a look at what's happening with COVID it's always you know great to you know to say that you walk the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup like and but you know we never changed one bit from the day we started let's say our first game with, with Glenmore going back to your locals and the people that you're brought up with and you're reared with and it's just, there's nothing like coming back there like the one the fancy oh, open top bus line I think we had Duggins Richard Duggins lorry and really, yeah. up, up in the back of the lorry and off down it's just lovely country and a few bonfires So hot off the press, just an article by John Fogarty just gone up in the Irish ex- Examiner just a few minutes ago is the GPA have asked the membership if they want the Alliance Leagues and Championship to proceed um, and I think it's kind of very worrying times in Ireland at the moment, given the numbers upwards of a thousand a day, but also the, the latest restrictions brought in where people can't go to each other's house, not even in gardens or anything like that. So people are saying, how can the GEA season continue if the country is tightening up the restrictions like this? Lads, what do you think? Are we going to see, first of all, fixtures this weekend? And secondly, will we get a championship the following weekend? Yeah, well, look, I I think if you if you impose all the restrictions that they're putting in at the moment, and you give certain exemptions to certain things that will bring a bit of joy to people's lives, I think it's absolutely worthwhile. And if thirty people can meet up in the county of Clare and then the county of Waterford, the county of Cork, Kilkenny, etc., train, and then play out a championship that's going to be on television for everyone to see, it's going to be a long winter in Ireland. I think everybody is kind of cognizant of that fact now that they're going to be locked down for a while these cases aren't going to go down overnight but if you can allow the GA scene to continue I think it'll just be a huge lift for everybody in the country because pretty much 80 to 90 percent of the population will care about the GA and I think the GA will look at it as an opportunity as well as to showcase their games when there'll be no other real sport going on around the country so I think if they can they will and I'm sure they'll exhaust every single possible avenue I'm not sure about that 
poll from the GPA. I understand they're probably looking out for the, the welfare of the GA players. The kind of conspiracy theorist in me kind of says, is there, is there a bit, is there a bit more behind that? But it kind of appears like it's, it's, it's pretty genuine at face value at the moment. Yeah, I think I think they had to probably do that, Giggles, because you know, being in an amateur game, I think they have probably had, you know, a duty of care. I guess is probably the best description of it. You know, to their players, and as it's an amateur organisation, they should leave it up to them. Um, but also, yeah, I think you're dead right. I mean. The country will need this. Like we've obviously we're on the tail end of, of our lockdown here, and um, you know we're lucky enough that we had you know AFL and we we're able to watch the GA back at home as well with the club championship. Like I try to think what the Irish people and our family would families would go through in, in the next three or four months of winter, being locked up and not being have, having the availability of, of watching sport and and especially um, hurling and football. Um, and then you've got to park that in as well and you've got to look at it, look, what's the safety aspect of it? And, you know, did the government have to sit down with the GA to, you know, I guess use a roadmap. They love to say, use that word in terms of governmental speak, I guess. But they'll have to come up with a plan on how to maintain the GA season like for, for the people you know, of Ireland, really. Well, I think the interesting thing, and Giggles, you picked up on it there, I think it's more so now is, is it safe for the players to proceed? I, I think there's appetite to do it, the GA wants to do it, everyone early wants to see it happen, but now given the case numbers we're seeing, and the questions they've been asked in the survey is, which of the following options reflects your opinion? One is, I want the season to proceed. Two, I want to play only if the implementation of the COVID-19 protocols is improved. And three, I do not want the season to proceed. So I think that duty of care point is, is, a, is a big one, Shawnee, you know. Um, and I've, they've also signed up the GA for this rapid testing um, of, G, of, inter, of inter-county squads. So that if there's any concern around a positive case or an association with a positive case, the GA players get can get tested straight away the whole squad and the backroom team with results available in 48 hours which is, is really good. That's going to be provided by an, un, an independent medical provider. But I think... And we've, and we've seen that as well, Liam, just sorry to jump in there. On that point as well, we spoke about that a few weeks ago with the AFL in terms of like, because it's a professional organisation, they were able to, I guess, put funds together. The AFL brought up a lot of money, got them into these hubs. You know, they were able to pay for all their accommodation. They even brought up their families in the last few weeks. Like, I'm not sure how the GA are going to actually be able to do that you know financially but also probably more important thing is about the testing like like before any game happens you know 30 40 50 whatever however many people are involved in the panels um will all have to be tested prior to that game and like how do you actually process all that you know in such close quarters as well i mean people might be available for the tests and things like that so it's going to be a logistical nightmare to do it all, and if they can do it, it'd be great. But I think it's only if if there's been an identification of a positive test within a squad. So I don't think they're going to be proactively testing them before have, games. They'll have to, Liam. I, well, they'll that, have to. I, I don't think you can. You can carry on regardless like that. I mean, I know, but just, I think we we just had a club championship finish up a couple of weeks ago, Shawnee, where there was you know numbers playing every weekend we argued they were taking the same risk obviously the virus has kind of you know doubled or tripled since then but still i don't know it's going to be, is it going to be precautionary testing it's going to be more in, in a reactive space and they've said anywhere they've come out and confirmed again if there's any there's i think eagles you sent an article during the week to us there that there's a little bit of flexibility potentially for the postponement of games they might have a little bit of regular room but typically what we're expecting is games to be awarded to the opposition team if they can't feel because of covid 
There's t- there's ten people in in the Fermanagh football squad currently have it. There's been positive cases in the Wexford hurling squad as well now in the Kerry hurling squad. Really. And Kerry are due to play Monaghan at the weekend, up up in Monaghan in, in the Alliance League, and they're all travelling up individually in their own cars. Like like cool. it's you know it's really really. You know anything to kind of keep the show on the road is you know yeah. it, I, I it's the long the, we always kind of said we were just really hanging out for it and I think if you know three months ago this was about to start when there was you know hundred cases or sixty cases were grand now we're at over a thousand cases a day up in the north it's worse compared to the the ratio per, per the population it's really troubling um we all wanted to go ahead but now I'm kind of getting closer I'm like. I actually don't want it to go ahead if it's going to put the players at risk of getting COVID. Yeah, yeah. You but know. if they're if they're not proactively testing, then Liam, like, you know, how are they going to find it? But then again, again, like, if it's rampant everywhere, somebody is going to be tested. Like, somebody around those yeah. players is going to have it, and they're going to have to. That's just going to generate more testing. And will will the health service be able to keep up with all that testing too? Is I think it's thing. it's an independent like, it's an independent medical uh, operation providing testing can be separate to the HSE. Giga, you want to come in there? Dedicated the, the, to the, the GA. The, the, Dedicated to the GA, right. yeah. yeah. The, 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 thing, the, thing, the thing about it is, is all these cases that are at a thousand a day now will continue to be a thousand a day for the next week at least because they're reflective of all the cases that would have been, I guess, spread and contracted about a week ago or two weeks ago when all that activity was happening. So they closed down the country, put everything into level three. It's nearly a week ago now. We know that it takes at least two weeks to see the effect of that. And what will happen, if they can get it started, numbers will decrease because counties are going into either stage four, they're staying in stage three, you can't visit people's homes. That's going to have a significant impact on the virus containment. So I think it's all about getting to, not like not this weekend, like it's easy to play a league game and then cancel the championship. That's doable. If you play the first round of the championship the following weekend, you can nearly be guaranteed that the championship will be finished. Just by the knockout nature of the football and then the semi-knockout nature of the hurling, you've got, I think, 17 games in the Liam McCarthy. That's all. It's only 17 games. If they actually just decided to make a straight knockout, it reduces it down to 11. So you've got minimal amount of contact with people who are actually just meeting up with the same bunch, theoretically, twice a week to train, going back to their house. And as long as they stay COVID-free and are unsymptomatic, the, the requirement for that proactive testing probably won't be as great. Um, but it's good to see they're bringing in some checks and balances. I, I just think they would have made the call by now to cancel it if they were going to cancel it because every single week that passes as a country with the inter-county training is probably, you're talking probably about a million dollars investment or a million euros investment across all county panels, across hurling and football per week. I made that, pull that number out of my arse now, right? I didn't calculate it, but you know what I mean? When you look at yeah. the amount of costs with backroom teams and nutrition and all that kind of stuff, it's about a million dollars a week probably for the next 20 weeks. And they said they've a $20 million stimulus package. So, they would pull. They would have pulled the plug on it early. I feel if they were going to pull the plug on it. Otherwise, it's just wasted money going down the drain, keeping these teams training. If there's going to be no championship. Yeah. Well, look, we're going to watch with bated breath this weekend. We think, yeah, if it gets off this weekend, then it'll be what happens the following weekend. Like you said, if they do start it, they are more than likely to finish it, given the knockout nature of of these All Ireland series. However, as we know on this thing, a day is a long time in 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 COVID nineteen world. There is. How many days? Eight, nine days before the championship is due to start. That is a long time in, in this game. So, yeah. you know, by the time we, we touch base next week to record our next episode, probably next Wednesday or Thursday, 
Ireland is going to be in a different place. We're going to be in a different place. Fingers crossed, things will have stabilised, like you said, and we might see some of the benefits of the, of the restrictions that they've brought in. But it's yeah, it's really worrying times for I suppose the the GEA supporter, um, and also worrying times. Let's be honest about for the players. I don't know how you'd feel, guys, if you were involved with intercounty setup at home at the moment. You know, you are you know you are taking on a risk um, going, I suppose, into this environment over the next number of months when probably the rest of the country are all minimising their interactions and there's nothing else really happening. So. And again, they're, and they're not professionals. It's, it's, it is it is an interesting yeah. dynamic. We're, we're probably a little bit blinded as well to what the reality is. Like, given the fact that we've just spent 14 weeks in lockdown, right? The three of us have just spent 14 weeks in lockdown. So our actual social norm at the moment is very contained, very safe. And we actually, yeah. you know, aren't as afraid of the virus. Listen, just chatting to my mom now, who's a teacher, right? So she sees the school buses coming in. She has to stand in a class of 30 people, as does my dad every single day. And there's definitely a worry about it. Like we talked about maybe two clubs in that area, St. Catherine's who had a big outbreak of COVID-19, they go to school in Lismore and Dungarvan on the far side, right? Lismore is situated in the middle. And it's like Touchwood has been phenomenally lucky. It's one of the safest towns in the country, COVID numbers wise, uh, if they, when they showed the league table. So there is that element of worry. And I, I imagine, let's say we were at home and you were living with your parents just because you were at home for a trip. Would you go training with the local GA club? and risk bringing it home, the, the virus exactly. to your parents who are in their 60s, you probably wouldn't. Like uh, I, I know I, I definitely wouldn't. Given the current numbers, you wouldn't. Into the house, there'd be some, something going yeah. on. No, yeah, the not with the current yeah, numbers. Not the current it, numbers. Was, it was different a few yeah. months ago. It was a very different case a few months ago. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, as you said, Liam, a, a day is a long time, and seven days is an even longer time, and I, I think it will go ahead because I think there's people pushing the living crap out of it to make it go ahead. And they'll, 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 they will seek to provide all of the safety requirements for the players. They will do that. And I think the GPA's uh, survey, as well as it being publicized through the media, is probably an extra push. One, to get a, a feedback from the players, because if it, if it turns out that 80, 80% of the players say no, then well, it won't go ahead, right? But what you'll imagine is 80% will come back yes I'd love to play with the proper COVID procedures in place the GPA then will use that as a stick to not beat the GA with but you know to push the GA to make sure that absolutely all precautions are taken for the players and backroom team and that we'll have a televised championship with no crowd but hopefully with amazing games and Watford and Mayo both end in the famine be amazing stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, well, look, we, 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 it's a strange year. Strange you year. Never know. You never know. It could be the year for both to do it. Um, by by virtue of just staying COVID free, they could be awarded without even yeah. poking a ball or kicking a ball. You never know. Uh, you still take it, giggles. There won't be any asterisks as far as you're concerned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, let's just keep a close eye on it. We, we, you know, like we said, when we touch base next week, we're going to be talking about a different story in relation to this. So fingers crossed, it's still positive, and fingers crossed, numbers start to trend downwards. Um, but yeah, let's just we'll leave that one there and let's. Move on now to Giggles Corner and the rise of Giggles on Instagram. Your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and because I can only, I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and I, 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 love, I, love, I love my county, you know. We love John Dry your eyes, mate. That sounds like John Morrissey in the background giggles. Yeah, it could it could well be it could well be. It's fun. 
your Zoom is a disaster because you're into. We yeah. did we did get one bit of feedback just on you and the Instagram from Power Neil messaging saying Giggles using the Gadeji Instagram for his own personal use is a disgrace. Surprise you'd let that kind of skullduggery go on in your corporation. Look, it, it's not it's not mine, Pat. That's the thing. It's a, it's it a tree. Was, the it tree was passed was by the board, Pat. It was passed, it was by, passed the by the board. It was passed by the board. It was passed by the board. Yeah. But so look, you know, Giggles is is in fairness to him, he's learned a new a new thing. He's like a dog with a new trick. He keeps on doing it now. He loves it. So um, we kind of just let him go. Let him go on with it. Kind of keeps him busy. But Giggles, oh, Giggles is playing a blinder on Instagram. Fair play yeah. to Giggles. You even putting yourself out there and like putting out these little little videos you know explaining what's coming up and you know nice little background you know a nice little t-shirt on and everything and you know giving the story what's coming up and, and the know, hair done just, and he's the hair done yeah the hair done yeah the little <laughs> bit he has done I, I got chill to give me the haircut I, I, I got chill to give me the haircut you know shave the side and the back don't touch the top like so it looks like there's something there <laughs> hey, you've done well you've masked that well it's all about the angle giggles isn't it yeah it's all about the angle. There'll be no fear I'll be going from the top, I can tell you that. <laughs> so Giggles, we on Acadie on Instagram, what Gadeji on Instagram, what have you been doing for us the last week? It's funny, I'm looking at my work notebook here and there's all these kind of things of how do we get subscription numbers up, what's the revenue, what's what's the profit? And then in the middle of it all, I've got James O'Connor versus Richie Power, Henry Shefflin versus Tony Kelly. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, we had a bit of crack over the last few weeks. The first one was the best player the last 30 years and it kind of came down to the final that everyone wanted, uh, DJ versus Henry. And Henry got 53% of the vote, DJ got 47 very tight. I voted for DJ myself. I'd be a, a staunch DJ supporter. I just He was the one player when I was growing up that everyone looked up to and he had all the skill set. But um, hugely interesting. And then we got loads and loads of feedback of that lad shouldn't have been drawn against this fella. And you're putting all the Cork lads against each other. You're putting all the Kenny lads against each other. Yeah. Ken McGrath shouldn't have been in the semi final. Loads of feedback, which is great crack. Um, because ultimately, it doesn't matter. But it just shows how passionate people get about their GA opinions and it, and, it, and it was great fun but um, yeah the, the best two no doubt got into the final and then it was kind of a, a keenly contested I reckon as well that there there was a massive Kilkenny skew on the voting um, we do have a lot of Kilkenny fans of the was, podcast it was all Southeast there was a fair amount of voting going to Southeast no I, I wouldn't argue too much with the results like, but it was a massive voting in the Southeast yeah. I think I tried to tag in the Mount Sion GA club there into the semi-final with Henry, Henry and Kemmergrad to see could I get him boosted up, but I don't think they accepted my uh, request in time. But then we did we did an interesting one then actually afterwards. Like there was no point in putting Brian Cody into the mix because everyone would have voted for him, and there's no question about it, right? So what's the point in doing a a World Cup when you already know who the winner's going to be? But there has been a lot of really really great managers and strong personalities and management positions over the last thirty years. That have won a lot or, or won a small bit. Um, I don't know. Has any of them actually won more than two All Irelands? I think Sheedy's the fellow only, only one who won two. Liam Griffin um, was the biggest surprise, I thought, Eagles. Liam Griffin, and I think a lot of people just maybe he's not as strong a personality as Anthony Daly, and he got knocked out by Anthony Daly, and I, yeah. I couldn't get over it either. But we ended up with three Clare men and a Tipperary man in the last four, and it was the Tip man that came out on top. Um, I'd have to admit. In the final, Liam Sheedy was 51% and Davy was 49% with about two hours to go. And the bloody pole fell off. I didn't check the result before the final vote came through. So I had to go with the last two hours, which Liam Sheedy was ahead by one. Because you can go so. back and check that, you dope. I don't think I can, Liam. If you tell me, <laughs> I, if you tell me I can. It'll be I hilarious now for, if Davy um, won it. 
I voted for Davy. I thought I would have picked Davy. Just forget about all Ireland's or anything like that. I just would have picked Davy. Just being, who, who, who would you like to train you? Yeah, I, I picked. I, I think I picked Davy as well on the back of the fact that he kind of started off in two thousand and five when he won the Fitzgibbon with LIT. Yeah. Giggins, here, here the results. Giggins have the results for you here. It was fifty four to forty six a fi- finish. Bashidi winning. Shady, yeah. okay, at least we got the result right in there. Thanks for that, Liam. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sketch to give me a one on one tutorial on the Instagram. Good um, save, Liam. <laughs> but yeah, I thought Davy, he took over Waterford, got him to All Ireland final, won a Munster, won an All Ireland with Clare, won a Leinster at Wexford. He's he's got a more checkered pass, whereas Shady's more cutthroat. You know, three years won All Ireland, one year back won All Ireland, has a record of two and one against Brian Cody in All Ireland finals. Like, there's no, nobody else has that. So, it was a tight one. Uh, who did you vote for in the final, Liam, actually, out of interest? Or did look, you vote? Look, I actually went for Davy Fitz, and I think similar to Shawnee's point, like, yeah, Liam Sheedy's won two other which is unbelievable, right? Um, but Davy Fitz has managed all of Fitzgibbons, he's managed his club, he's he's done so much at, at different, you know, parts of the game, you know? And he also he's has... been tested more, hasn't yeah. he, than, than Sheedy, like? Yeah, I think so. Like, you know, Sheedy's managed, a, a, you know, a crop of tip players, which are, you know, a, an amazingly talented bunch of players. Like, Davy Fitz has brought Wexford back to being, you know, in an Ireland semi-final, Leinster top champions, four, yeah. top four. Should have probably bet tipped that day, only for tip turned it around. Like, Wexford were a laughing stock up to a few years ago until he came in and turned it around for them. So, even though I, I don't True. particularly like him, um, I do think he's an excellent manager, and I suppose, you know, when you pay the money, you get the results. <laughs> oh, poor old Davy. He's, he's in it for the love of the game, Liam. Come on, you know that. <laughs> yeah, love of the game and mileage. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know what the next one's going to be. Um, maybe we could get a few suggestions. I'd be, I'd be keen to hear a few suggestions from any listeners. Maybe we could do the best cock miner never to have won at Ireland for Pau and Eel if he, if, he, if he wants us to do that one. Oh my God, the best cock. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't want any cock fest on this. Bad enough as it is with you running the Instagram videos. But yeah, do do get in touch with us on Academy on Twitter, Instagram, or on Facebook, and also get AG at gmail.com with any suggestions for giggles and what you'd like to see in the World Cup. Given that hopefully next week we will be doing a build up to the first round of the of the championship, giggles surely come up with a special one for next week. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much for that, Giggs. Keep up the great work. And coming up next, we have Brendan Long from from Brisbane up in Queensland joining us. So welcome back, and we have uh, Brendan Long from uh, Queensland in, in uh, Brisbane. Uh, we have a clear man from Inaina. What's it? Ina Kilnamorna. Ina Kilnamorna. You nailed that so one, Shawnee. Well done. <laughs> How are you doing, Brendan? Uh, not so bad now, gents. Yourselves? Well, we're very good. We're very good. We're still in lockdown in here. Um, how is things going on up in Queensland? We were watching a lot of the AFL at the moment, and it sounds like it's a different world up there. No, a different world up here completely. Yeah, now we're um, our worst of our lockdown is that we're out of lockdown since kind of early May, and we're back to business as usual now. Almost the borders are closed, but within Queensland, you know, we can go about our business as normal. We can um, everywhere as a COVID plan. Uh, anywhere you go you sign in or scan in but other than that it's um you'd hardly notice it to be honest 
Are you still wearing masks up there or is everything free for all? Uh, pretty. You wouldn't see a mask very often now, even on the trains or anything. No, no masks, nothing. So Jeez. it's just, um, you see lads shaking hands and everything as normal now. Jeez, that's, Jeez. that's actually, that's amazing. Um, so how is the GA scene up there in Brisbane at the moment? How has that been going? Has that been affected at all by COVID? And, and how, how are your numbers in terms of, you know, how many teams have you got going up there? Yeah, so we would normally run the season similar to um, Sydney and Melbourne seasons. You know, you'd start probably um, Melbourne Sevens would be the end of February and then you'd look for to run our league between the end of April, maybe to the end of July. So obviously this year that didn't happen at all. And we started training on the 1st of August and we just did our first game then, I think it was the 31st of August. And uh, this is just in the Hurland side of things. So... Um, on the 30th of August we did, a, we did a game and our first game and we just ran the league and we just had the championship final there just on the Sunday just gone so ended up running um, four league games and a final in the hurling so how many, and so how many hurling teams have you up there Brendan because I know you know we hear a lot of talk about it you know you're dropping teams up there and dropping numbers over the last few years what, what's the, the story there yeah so we um, we're only going all up so the Hurlands only going in Brisbane since 09. So, um, and we had two teams then for 2010, three teams added in 2011. And we're probably, we're back down to two teams now the last two years. So 19 and 20, we've only had the two teams, Emeralds and Nafina Cullins have joined together just uh, for the purposes of keeping, keeping it going really. So numbers definitely down, um, definitely less new lads and, the lads that are still there are getting older, unfortunately. Yeah, I seen um, O'Sheen there, the Kildare man, was picking up the cup there at the weekend. He's he's been playing, I'd say, since we played state games up there in two thousand thousand nine or two thousand ten. I think it was the first state games I played up there. Yeah, I, I'd say might have been twenty eleven. Even I'd say that this was it. Yeah, was probably was. Yeah, we'd up here. Yeah, no, he was he was going well then. So he was he's around since um, twenty ten. So he's um, he's a lot of yards done and uh, very good player as well. But now he was um, he was the winning captain on Sunday, all right, and scored a goal, very cracking goal, and put over a sideline and a couple of frees, and generally did did very well on the day actually. Oshin, so he's still still young at thirty three. Oh, sure, he's only coming to his prime. Yeah. <laughs> You had a list more man on the winning team as well, uh, Brendan. Shane, Shane Bennett was was back hurling, was he? Shane Bennett was back hurling indeed. Yeah, it's a pity to have list more lads on the team, but they're they're a necessary <laughs> evil, I suppose. But, but, yeah, but no, no sign, Shane, no sign, no sign of Shan or Coochie, was there? Uh, Coochie, I don't think he was down at it, um, because obviously we've the, once you sign in at the game we didn't have any restrictions on numbers watching or anything like that. So you can watch away, you know, um, I don't think I saw Coochie there. Um, and I definitely didn't see Shan there. Um, but I know he was active commenting on photos after the game. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Probably in a pub somewhere. But Brendan, who, who, who are the main drivers of, of, of the kind of Brisbane GA up there at the moment? Cause I know back in 2016, you were in a very strong position, as you said, with the three teams and, Jesus, you nearly won the state games that year as well. We we we, we pipped you in the in the last few minutes in the final, and then you kind of went through a bit of a rocky period where you've lost players and didn't get any to replace you. Uh, so, I, I guess 
how, how have those last few years gone for you and who are the main drivers you have up there from a hurling point of view? So, like, the biggest thing is, you're right, that we we have lost more than we're getting. So we probably picked up it's probably three or four new lads this year and we definitely lost more than that. So you're always struggling with numbers and we're, we're going back to the well, bringing lads back, <laughs> going back to, to like uh, rounding up lads for junior B sometimes. But um, the biggest drivers are Trevor Lenehan, who's a Clare man. He's, he's been driving Nafina this year and driving the club generally. So he's the secretary of the, the Harlan and Camogie club and, He's done a serious job of, um, you know, he developed the whole COVID plan. He does all the testing and training. He signs everyone in, temperature testing, submits that in through to the to the Queensland um, and onto Australasia. So he's, um, he's a serious amount of paperwork done. Uh, Orna Butler as well, definitely helping out a lot on that side of things. She's the treasurer um, and has done a serious job on organizing all the camogie and jerry david as well who's done all the organizing for emeralds and he's ran all the training so for this year um and for last year as well so all the teams train together harlan and camogie so means then that you've 20 plus of training and jerry runs the whole training for everyone and then we split up then for the last week or two probably the last two weeks just so that um yeah well it makes a bit of a bite in the final then you know and Brendan, where do you see the future for you know the GA up in Queensland? Obviously, we've all taken a hit across across the country in terms of numbers with with COVID and just general attrition in Australia. And then with no new players coming out, definitely not for next year. There's going to be probably no international arrivals, if if or maybe a, a couple towards the end of the year. Like, what do you see the future being? Especially hurling, I suppose, is always a, is always a trickier one. Even in all the states, is, we we have less numbers. Do you see it being viable up there next year, or you think it's going to be a bit of a struggle again? Um, I, I, Jenny, I think it'll be a struggle again, lads, because um, hurling, you just can't pick up the locals. It's just, it's not a game that you can just pick up um, by being fit or being able to hand pass or kick the ball. No disrespect to the football, lads, but, um, you know, you can pick up, someone can pick up Gaelic football by watching it and, and being being participating, but you just can't do that with the hurling. And um, lads are getting older, more families, more work commitments. Um, Hopefully, the biggest driver always in Brisbane is what work is going. So the more construction work that's going, the better. Um, the Irish companies pick up the jobs. And then hopefully then, um, you know, there is, with COVID, there is some money being put into construction. So the, the only way we pick up numbers is that uh, lads come in from Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, and, and they're Irish lads and they, there is work for them. Um, but... You, you don't pick up more than two or three kind of so um it'll be a struggle again i mean so we talked on sunday we'd only 17 and uh with an injury after five minutes so you're down to 16 for an hour and as you know it's um it's not cold in queensland so it was tough going all right but um it, it's always it will be a struggle again for numbers so the the four league games were all 13 aside just because I think we only had 14 every time. So um, it, it is a bit of a tough one for numbers, but I, there's enough. The other thing is, of course, is that there's such a good, like you mentioned, Oshie in there is a lot like that that are here for a long number of years and are, look like they'll still be here just given the circumstance. So hopefully everyone will go around again. And have you been looking at, I suppose, underage development in, in Queensland, 
Brendan, you mentioned there with a lot more families kind of coming on board. It's hampering some of the playing of the adult games, but is it something that you're you're turning your minds to around kind of getting an underage academy going? I know it's well up and established in, in Western Australia and down here in Melbourne as well. We've kind of got a good activity at the moment at the underage level. Is, is it something that you're starting to look at up there? Yeah, we did have it, um, like the, it's basically the goal games, I think, isn't it? Um, like it's a great initiative and I know the footballers were definitely getting doing a push to get it in through the schools as well, um, which is obviously a great facility through PE and things like that. We used uh, I'd say it was probably 2016, 17. We used to do Saturday mornings for the kids um, and down at the, the pitch and get an hour of, look, just getting them used to hurling and things like that and trying to keep the community involvement and if you keep people's children involved in the game, then the parents will come back. So it's definitely something to look at. Um, probably the biggest reason for not being able to do it at the moment is that it's so hard to keep the adults going that I think it'd be a stretch to get the kids going at the same time, but we'd love to do it. Yeah, and I think it's what you see down here as well. It's the same people doing doing everything. And a lot, a lot of the time, you know, I know Shawnee's big involved with the kids down here. But he's also being involved with our club as well. So it's, you know, it's that kind of double dipping on the same people is, is quite hard given people's work and family commitments as well. But I think it is it is probably key to keeping it going in, even down here as well, going forward to make it sustainable as people settle here with kids and stuff is to have hurlers and footballers coming through at the underage level. And I know they've done great work in WA, Western Australia, where they've said to fail a team last year, which is an amazing achievement back home to play football in Ireland. So fingers crossed we can see that coming out of Maybe Victoria and Queensland years to come. Giggles wants to come in there one last one before we we finish up. Yes, Giggles. I I just changed tack for a second, Brendan. Clear man, and there, there you you seem to have lost an awful lot of players heading into this potential championship. Um, Peter Duggan is obviously over here. You've got Colum Galvin and Conlon out injured, and Podge pulling out. What, what's your view on Clear for for the twenty twenty championship? Oh, uh, look, it's a tough one. It's um, we're up against it on day one against Limerick anyway. I think that's no question on that. Um, the second thing is is that th- that's the desperate hard side of the draw because there's the quick turnaround of a week to the All Ireland champions. So um, it's no bad thing. There's a back door in Harland. There's just enough of time between the less teams and everything. So I think I, I think Clare might struggle to win two games in eight days against Limerick and Tip. Um, as regards how we're going to play or what we're going to do, I mean, scoring will be a problem, I think. Um, missing missing Peter Duggan, missing John Conlon, not alone are you missing ball winners, you're missing your free taker, you're missing your, your last two All-Stars from 2018. And... The knock-on effect of that is that um, Tony Kelly can't score 1-8 from play every day. So um, there's going to be possibly more opportunities for someone like Shane O'Donnell to keep progressing on. He's an excellent player and just hopefully press on and, you know, pull other lads around him. But um, we could be in for a, a tough year, I think. Given the nature of the Monster Championship, though, it will be it will be interesting to watch on, and we really don't know what's coming the next few weeks. So we're all kind of looking forward to it and getting started Sunday week. But um, thanks so much, Brendan, for for coming on and, and giving us your time. And we all hope to be back up in in Queensland. Fingers crossed for a state games in a couple of years, and hopefully you'll be able to get down in February for the for the sevens um down in Melbourne 
please God you lift the restrictions on the borders up there. Yeah, yeah. No, I love love to get getting down wouldn't be the problem. Just coming back, we wouldn't be allowed in. Like <laughs> all, <so. laughs> all right, Sam Brendan, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Good luck. Thanks, gents. See you. Brendan. Cheers. Traveling in a fight come on a hippie trail head full of zombies. Great to have Brendan on there, but I'm just so jealous every time we speak to someone in Brisbane or Sydney or Queensland who are playing hurling. Games at the weekend, no limits on crowds, they're all in the pubs up there, draft footy matches. Bloody hell. Shaking hands. Yeah. Shaking hands. I don't think I was going to shake hands with someone ever again. <laughs> they're up there shaking hands with each other. You'd you'd be very selective of who you shake hands with anyway, Lima. It's all about the optics with you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Not true at all, Giggles. Shake hands with anyone. But, oh we, we, we kind of we kind of feel down here in Victoria like we're like the people in Connacht back in the days of Cromwell, don't we? Jesus, we're absolute plagued. Oh, <laughs> the whole country is 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 going as normal, and we we have been in the longest lockdown in the history of the of of the, of, of all the COVID cases around the world. But yeah. uh, please God, we're we're coming out of it Sunday. Yeah, fingers crossed. Sean, he's getting very anxious here. He's starting to kind of you know jump in with the. The anti-maskers and the likes on, on on Facebook and Twitter, and he's you know making big bold statements against our premier here, the man in charge, Daniel Andrews. So for Dan, Daniel Andrews' sake, for Daniel Andrews' sake on Sunday, I hope he lifts some restrictions or he'll have Shawnee marching down on the steps of Parliament on Monday morning. Um, <laughs> get a belt of his shoulder. A belt of his shoulder. <laughs> put him over the line. <laughs> um, but look, yeah, look, fair play to him in Queensland. It's look, we're in a very very lucky position here in Melbourne, and same with Sydney that. We've had such consistent numbers um, for a long time. Um, like the playing numbers in Melbourne doubled from around 400 to 800. Peaked probably two years ago. It's dropped off a little bit last year and then we have been definitely hit with COVID. But we still have maintained a lot, you know, fairly solid. We're going to still maintain all our teams for next year, which is fantastic. Uh, but yeah, Queensland have kind of struggled and we're kind of looking. Melbourne and Sydney are kind of two of the stronger economies in, in Australia. We get that bit more. Um, of the Irish population coming out here, and long way to continue, so we get some some good players, but none for none for next year. But I uh, look something we do want to touch on at home, and Johnny was obviously a Cork man, um, keeping a close eye on this, especially with Cork people love going on strike. But I think this is a very valid case in this instance. <laughs> is the is the case of the of the dual players, um, and it's something that I suppose is probably disappeared at in the in the male, um, hurling and football, but it's still quite dominant in in. in Camogie and ladies football which is amazing that we have dual players but we've, we've seen now that the, the fixtures for the ladies football championship and for the Camogie Cork are due to both play on November 7th in football and in hurling and there was a motion recently went up at the Camogie Association to kind of for player welfare to facilitate dual players and it was overwhelmingly defeated by 75% or something outrageously like that um, I bought the Camogie and the ladies football yeah, ladies football earlier in the year and Camogie just recently and to be honest with you, I think it's an absolute disgrace keen for your thoughts in a second Shawnee Giggles but from reading from some of the, the Cork players during the week they're saying we don't even want it on a different weekend if we can just even have a 24 hour break where you play the hurling on a Saturday and the football on a Sunday like that is not an unrealistic ask or like an unreasonable ask to have a 24 hour break and they're just like no won't accommodate Shawnee Astounding. It's astounding that it's still happening. Like, I mean, this has been happening off, oh, I'd say back as far as 2005, 2004, maybe. You know, I, I often read in the in the Cork Examiner, as it was back, probably back then, you know, the likes of Breach Corkery, who'll be turning around playing a championship on a, you know, a camogie maybe on a Saturday and a football on a Sunday. 
And like yet we're, you know, 10 years down the track or 15 years down the track and we still have the same problem. It's just, I mean, like, it's just, I don't know. I, just, I have no answer to it because it's just, just ridiculous. I've, I've I, an answer, I but Kikis, you come in first. There. You come in, Kikis, first. It was, uh, there, there's a huge temptation to really stick the boot in at like Kathleen Woods and Michael Lockton here and really go at board associations. And it's been going on for 15 years, Shawnee, as you said. And there's just no reason. There's no why. Like if there was a, 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 a political fight going on up there, if they were struggling for power, but they're both trying to promote female sports in Ireland, two of the yeah. biggest female sports in Ireland. The bigger question is, why don't they just come in under the GA umbrella? And I think at some stage, the GA has to show leadership and either pull the pitches or do something that says, come in under us. We're all part of the one community. Everyone's part of the one community in the villages, towns and, and cities around Ireland. And it needs to happen. And we're living proof of that over here in uh, in Australia, where the ladies football, the camogie, men's football and hurling are all under the one umbrella and clubs are far more sufficient. There's a lot more of a social and a community feel about it and they just run a lot better. And women and men have an equal footing, whereas I'm sure it happens in every club. I know it happens in Lismore. And, but when, when the men's hurlers come out on the field, the, the women have to get off straight away, whereas that shouldn't be the case either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. and like you have, you had the big, you know, promotion this year as well. Um, the 20 by 20, you know, the women, if you can't, you know, if you can't, can't see, can't if you can't see it, it, she can't be it, you yeah. know, and you have all this going on for the last couple of months. And then the two associations who should be really driving this from a grassroots level have gone and flown, flown in the face of this. And like you have many GA players, you know, ambassadors as part of that program as well. So uh, just it, as Giggle said, what's the why, you know, what yeah. is the reasoning for it? Yeah, I, it's it's absolutely ridiculous when you know, common sense here should prevail, especially when they're not asking for different weekends. Like, even in the micro level of it, it should be accommodated a match on a Saturday and a match on a Sunday, which is still not right from no. a player welfare point of view, but, no. the, but the girls are willing to, to do that. But I think, look, it does come back to, it all needs to be under the one umbrella. But Giggles, you said about it, the, re- the, the why for that, though, is, is power, though. Like, no matter what, those people at the top table in the Camogie Association or the Ladies Football Association don't want to give up the power of the control because no matter what coming in under the umbrella of the GEA there is you know there's not going to be a president there's not going to be three presidents you know so I do no. think that that is a factor and unfortunately it probably is impacting on I reckon the growth and development further of Lady Football and, and Camogie given that you know it makes sense just from a pure strategic point of view and efficiency point of view like when you said we are living proof of it here obviously we're on a much smaller scale here in Australia but you look at our club here in, in Gary Owen in Melbourne we have 100 members which will be small in in Irish terms, but it's nearly 50-50 male and female, and our committee is 50-50 male and female too. And it's fantastic that, you know, we don't see it as any different. Whereas if you talk to people at home, like you said, you know, the, you know, contest for pitches, you have a separate committee for Camogie, a separate committee for the Hurling Club, just doesn't make sense. You know, it's just, they're all coming from yeah. the same community. So it's the same in, when it comes to, I suppose, the Camogie and ladies football, it's going to have to come together. But what what is it going to take to break the this point that we have and, and bring him in giggles and pulling the pitch is a fairly drastic yeah. one but maybe we need to get you involved in the GA giggles to make some, some bold moves we need a circuit breaker Liam circuit breaker. Yeah, <laughs> circuit breaker yeah we need a circuit breaker yeah so look hopefully like that can be get resolved because it's just absolutely ridiculous when we have dual players which is an amazing feat in, in the modern era to have it and that they're not being facilitated is, is just absolute joke um, but look 
I think that brings us up on nearly on, on, on time for, for this week. Um, please get in touch with us on, at G'dayGA on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and G'dayGA at gmail.com. We will be back next week. Giggles is working on a big guest. We won't name it now because we don't want to put him under any pressure but he's working on a, on a big name for next week to preview the, the kickoff of the Hurling Championship. So no pressure, Giggles. Now I hope you can deliver that one for us. It won't be Jamal Hall anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, won't be Mull Hall. Definitely not Mull Hall. Um, but yeah. As much as we love him. As much as, as, much we, as love we love him. him. As much as we love him. We're good to mix it up. So we'll see who we can get. So And and there's two there's two Irish players playing this weekend in the semi-finals of the uh, AFL Premiership here as well. Mark O'Connor and Zach Tuhi. So anyone at home wanting to tune into some sport, uh, Geelong are playing... Uh, Brisbane Lions on Friday night here, so it'll be Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. Yeah. And it's on BT Sport actually. It's on BT Sport, so you'll be able to watch it Saturday morning on BT Sport in Ireland. So tune in for that. It will be a cracking game, and also get some good Irish talent on show. But look, that's it for today. So we will be back. Fingers crossed next week, and fingers crossed we're going to be previewing a. A Monster Championship game. So thanks very much to O'Neill's for their ongoing support at O'Neill Sports for AU. And thanks very much to Shawnee Eagles. Thanks, Liam.